squishied it. Hello, squishies. Hello, squishies. Welcome to the Squishcast. I am Unviv. And I am Andrew. And this is the News O'Clock News. The time is News PM. The news today is that things have happened. News things. We go live to Callum McNews with the news. Callum? Thank you. This is Callum. Today I had toast for breakfast, and my toe hurts. What's that in the sky? Oh no. Oh no mild peril. We're all going to die. Help us. Please help us. Tell my wife I said. Thank you, Callum. Viv? Yes, news. Andrew? Thank you, Viv. And finally, tonight, news, news, news. News, 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 news. News. And now, the weather. Hot. Thank you, Weathers McGee. Have a weather on us. Ha ha ha. And that was the news. <laughs> Sorry, I can't knock. I can't knock. <laughs> Andrew. Yeah. Yes. Hello. <laughs> um, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? What I've been playing. Mm. Um. Okay. We've spoken about this before. I think we originally spoke about this at the beginning of the year when we were talking about mm-hmm, some of the game yeah. trailers from the Game Awards, and then more recently when it's got a release date. Uh, I'm talking about We Are OFK. So, yeah, yeah. A uh, episodic game series about the band We Are OFK. At time of recording, uh, three episodes have come out. Although by the time this actually comes out and people can listen to it, all five will have come out. But I think I have enough of an understanding of what the game is to be able to to be able to talk about it. Uh, I will say that I I do really like the story. I like the characters. Yeah. I like. Uh, how their lives are interlinked as a group of friends and what they're doing. Uh, I like that like things happen in the game that are dramatically interesting. Particularly in the last episode, a thing happened that I couldn't quite believe. And I was like, why are you doing this? Why has this happened, character? Why have you made this decision? So I'm enjoying the story and where these characters are going. I like the characters, even though they're not always making decisions that I think are correct for them or in their lives. Like there's one character in particular who is quite easily distracted and isn't focusing on the thing that you as somebody watching this story thinks they should be doing. They're always going off on tangents and not responding to things quickly enough and not providing information. And and they're trying to make a demo of their music and they're working with the producer and they're not providing stuff to the producer fast enough and they're always getting distracted. And you're sitting there going, just stop doing that and thing it's basically like you with my book just like wanting to (laughs) shake me and be like just focus on focus on that you idiot i will say this is going to come off disrespectfully i don't necessarily mean it that way because i do like the story i don't think this is a video game yeah it's it feels like a five-part adult animated cartoon series that you would see on something like netflix but i don't think it's a game i play the episodes over breakfast because i don't really need to be holding the controller i can just put the controller down eat my breakfast occasionally press x when it wants me to look at uh, texts i don't really know if the uh, choices i mean again i'm only three episodes in so it might come all together in the, by the fifth episode but i don't know if the choices i make are actually affecting the story or just affecting how people talk and the references that they 
that they make. Like if you're talking about another character and you have three options of how you want to describe them, you might find by later in that episode somebody goes, oh, but you said they were a dick, which was one of the options. But I don't know if saying they're a dick actually changes the narrative. I don't feel that the game is changing narrative anyway. It's just you occasionally get to influence what people say. So there are interactive music videos that happen towards the end of each episode. When a big dramatic thing has happened, it goes into an OFK song and you get to control that. But that's really the only direct control you have. Otherwise, you're not controlling physically controlling the movement of a character. A scene plays out and occasionally you get a you either get a, a thought bubble, very rarely get a thought bubble that you get to choose an option from, or you have to press X to look at a text message chain and then eventually choose an option to reply. Uh, within that that text, and that's basically the the entirety of the gameplay. So I sort okay. of, um, I I mean, I turned I turned it off, and maybe it would change the feel of the game. But I turned off where it, it gives you only a certain amount of time to make a choice. Um, right. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, it doesn't feel like the sort of ge- from what you're saying it doesn't feel like the sort of game that would make sense to have some sort of timer on your decisions. Uh, I mean, I guess. I guess it does if it wants you to make impulsive decisions. And I guess maybe some of the impulsive decisions the characters make would change if I had that. Because the decisions are made regardless of what you're doing. Like the decision I was talking about that happened in the last episode that shook me. That happens for narrative reasons, not for anything I would do. In fact, everything I was doing and saying was trying to have the opposite effect. I was trying not to have that happen. And it happened anyway, which meant that it was something that have to happen for the story. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before a while back about playing games, you know, just people making games that are supposed to be about choice that really they still try to funnel you in a direction. And it's obviously this also might be a money thing. They might not have the resources to make games with lots of options and endings. But when you look at something like, you know, the Dark Anthology games where like you could completely bypass something, you could make a decision that has a really bad consequence or really have an impact on the story, um, you know, to the point where, you know, when you have that, it makes someone want to play the game again to see what happens had they not made that good or bad decision. It's it's a bit it's really annoying to give you the choice if you don't really have the choice. Yeah, and it's it, that's not anything against linear narratives. You haven't played a lot of point and click adventures. You've watched me play a lot of them, but I know you played um, Broken Sword, um, one yeah. two and one two and five. I think you you played. Yeah, I think something like that. Um, which are linear, and you have no way of influencing the story, but that has puzzles. So your interaction with it is okay this is where george is this is where george needs to be here's an obstacle that i need to solve with inventory puzzle yeah and if i don't solve it the story won't carry on i want to see what the story is that's the premise yeah yes so if there's that it's 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 not it's not really a problem and you know the telltale games sort of uh were a fine line between the two where it was generically fairly linear but you melded between the linear puzzle solving and slight relationship changing, like the way that people saw you, and you could choose to save someone or not save someone, and those sort of things that would slightly just waver that linear line as it went along. I again, I I'm not hating it, but I just 
I kind of just feel like I'd rather just watch five episodes of this rather than right, yeah, than have to sit like have a press a button every once in a while. Yeah, to make the story carry on, so you can continue watching it. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. I'm looking forward to the next two episodes. I'm I'm I'm, I'm eager. I want my plat as well. But um, yeah, I just it's I just I, f- I find as a as a whole package, I th- sort of find it odd. It's a shame because I was really looking forward to it. Uh, and yeah. I think maybe I had something else in mind as to what it was going to be anyway. Mm. But yeah, I probably won't play it now. <laughs> I'll take because it's been on my wish list. And actually, when it came up um, on my notifications that it was on sale, I think you'd already text me and saying that you had it and you were playing it. Bit of a shame if, to make yeah. a choice-based game that yeah, maybe a- doesn't have so much choice but i guess maybe that will change i don't know you have to let us know yeah i yeah well you know but um yeah if you're looking for a, if you're looking for an interactive gaming experience this really isn't particularly interactive it's the one of the most minimally interactive games i think i've ever played well um like the fact that i uh, maybe for 2 minutes have to actually hold a controller play this game um, out of its uh, the episodes uh, are like 50 to an hour long 50 minutes to an hour long wow yeah you know you can pause it and it can show you how much you've got left of the episode things like that which yeah I don't know again I'm enjoying it I think I think the narrative's interesting uh, it would just be your preference of what you want to spend your time or how you like spending your time playing playing games I don't know I'm not telling you anything other than what the game is and that's me so, Viv, what have you been playing? Well, as per usual, how it goes with us and playing something that you've recommended, um, mm-hmm. I have actually started playing Outer Worlds. Oh. Uh, I haven't finished it. I'm very, very early stages at the moment. I mean, I watched you play a little bit of it and you were quite a little bit on already, uh, a little bit further on. Um but which but gave me nothing away because as you know I don't remember it anyway, so it means nothing. But yes, I've started playing it. Outer Worlds is a first-person sci-fi RPG, and you are essentially woken up from being frozen in you know uh, stuff that makes you not age for a very long time. <laughs> science. Science. You were frozen in science. You were frozen in science goop. Um, (laughs) for a long time and uh, you then get uh, ungooped um, by a person called, I think his name is Phineas of some sort, yeah you find yourself in trouble, something is threatening to destroy the Halcyon colony and you have to uh, do various things to try and save it, but uh, it's also it gives me a bit of a feel of like with a different style, but it gives me a little bit of a feel of a Borderlands game, which is what I'm really enjoying about it. And minus minus the kind of um, when you t- you can talk to a lot of people, uh, and obviously in Borderlands you can you just talk to them and they give you the thing. In this version, you talk to them and you get to pick different options. And Andrew's spoken about this game before, 
depending on the points you choose to put in your character, you can maybe lie better or you can lockpick or you can influence someone's decision. So I'm very much in those early stages and I've not really encountered having to make a very difficult decision about that because I, I've sp I spread my points out quite evenly. Yeah, first person because I wanted something like a shooty bangs and I've done some shooting. I've done some lockpicking and some influencing and some lying. <laughs> Uh, the game is very cool. You can snaffle a lot, which, you know, if anyone knows, both of us at all, knows that we like to snaffle. Uh, but there's also a really nice layer to where there are, once you enter into spaces where other people live, that there is a risk of, you know, you can steal stuff, essentially. So you have to, if you want to do it, you have to wait for a time and place where no one's going to see you unless you want to cause some trouble for yourself. So far, I've only done like a maybe like a little bit of the story. I've met the very famous Pavati that Andrew loves so much, yeah. um, and I've done some. I've got some side quests that I need to do. Uh, so I've just been like speaking to people, trying to get as much as I can. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. The game is very very cool. Like it's the shooting is very good. I really enjoy it. Uh, I do. I am in the in the stage at the moment where I'm dying a lot because it does have a different feel the shooting and I don't think my gun's not so good as well so it takes me quite a bit of time to get through enemies sometimes but yes very cool can't always work out which one's an enemy which ones I need like a friend that I need to speak to I think when you were watching me Andrew I started shooting people I needed to speak to <laughs> you, you were you were about to shoot you were sneaking up on someone I was like well, you really should speak to them yeah yeah so I haven't quite figured out the difference between the people that I need to shoot or not um, which I kind of like about the game it's, it's, yeah, it's quite cool. I've just, I've literally spent, I must have spent a good 20 minutes going around this area and just snaffling everything. And then I went into the a town, I can't remember the name, but I went into the town and uh, did some more snaffling. And I was just talking to lots of people and got a few side quests. That's as far as I got. It's great. I'm having a great time. It's very, the game is very dynamic. There's lots of different characters. I love the story so far. Like, it's given me enough that. I know something is wrong, but because I've I've woken up from this goop, I don't I don't really know what's going on. But things are, I can feel things are slowly getting revealed. So I know that it's all gonna come a bit together a bit later on in the game. Again, I'm very early stages. I maybe played like an hour of it or two hours of it, uh, so I'm not very far on. But I will keep you updated. Yeah, I think one of the things that they sold the game on originally when it came out is that you can kill quest givers. So yeah. If, so if you go into the, the town you're in, and I think it's the, maybe the mayor, I think it's the mayor of that town that's the main quest giver, you could just walk up to them at some point. It'll be risky because people will not enjoy you doing it, but you could just walk up and kill them. And then you probably couldn't go back to that town again. But you could just do that and the game will continue. And you've spoken about this before. And again, like I've not experienced it so much yet because I'm very early on. But this idea that, you know, depending on where you put your points, it really affects how you go through the game. So, you know, you could walk up to someone and, you know, obviously shoot them. And then that's probably the end of that. Or, you know, if you can lockpick, if you have that ability, you could, be, you could sneak in. You could lockpick your way into things. Or if you can't do any of those things... You might be able to convince someone or you know what's really great is there's always a way to go around yeah most most things most quests have two or three maybe more options of how to do them and they don't lay them out and they go do it this way do it that way do it that way but the, there's enough environmental storytelling and 
ways of getting to places or from places or retrieving an item that it is quite up to you of how you go about it. Yeah, it um, really is. And, uh, you know, depending on what your instinct is when you're approaching a mission, you could probably go with that. And then once you reach the decision-making bit, you can figure out whether you have the correct amount of points to get through it that way or if you need to find another way. Yeah. Which is really smart. It's really great that a game can do that so organically for so many different types of players. Yeah. Um, really, really great. Really recommend it. And that's what we've been playing, Viv. And that's what we've been playing. All right, Viv, it's, uh, it's discretion time. Should we do a discretion? Let's do a discretion. Let's discretion it away. Yes, so uh, it has been a while since we uh, did some news and some more things have happened since then, so I thought we could talk about them. How does that sound? That sounds great. Sounds like some more heartbreak is going to happen for us. Yeah, let's do some news. Here's a thing that everyone's been talking about, Viv. A legal claim has been filed to sue Sony for £5 billion. Pounds. Oh my god, what the hell did they do? It was filed by Alex Neal, the former managing director of Witch UK. And it seems to... It's, I, I've, I've sort of read this and I don't understand business. So, And uh, uh, we talked about this a little bit on the, on the Discord as well. And it seems to mostly be targeting the 30% commission that Sony charges for games on their store right so uh, so alex neal is quoted as saying the game is up for sony playstation with this legal action i'm standing up for the millions of uk people who have been unwittingly overcharged we believe sony has abused its position and ripped off its customers gaming is now the biggest entertainment industry in the uk ahead of tv video and music and many vulnerable people rely on gaming for community and connection the actions of Sony is costing millions of people who can't afford it, particularly when we're in the midst of a cost of living crisis and the consumer purse is being squeezed like never before. Right. Okay, so they have an issue with how expensive games are now, really. Yes. So I think where a lot of this is coming from, and we talked about this, and we, I mean, we tend to buy physical copies if they exist because they tend to be cheaper than buying it digitally. And which is weird because obviously there's all the production costs that go into a physical thing. And for it to be cheaper than a, a digital thing. So the £70 RRP of a video game, 69 tends to be what it will cost if you buy it digitally on the PlayStation Store. And I will say probably other stores as well on new releases, unless it's a game that's gone straight to Game Pass, it'll be that on the Xbox Store, it'll probably be that on Steam as well, and GOG and Epic. And your physical copies will will probably be somewhere between 15 to £20 pounds cheaper, depending on the store. Yeah, same, uh, just bought The Last of Us Part 1, the PS5 version, I think the, yep. on the store it's about sixty nine or something yep. like that, and the physical version is... Uh, you got it for 54? 54, 54 something? yeah. 54 something, yeah. So it's is a lot cheaper. I think part of it is is that, the idea that comparatively, games on the store seem very expensive because the costs of... The, the, the miscellaneous costs don't exist. 
because it's just on the on the store, and it's 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 very confusing because until this generation, game prices hadn't gone up. And I was watching a video by the uh, Inside Games guys talking about this, and they were saying that the idea that game prices hadn't gone up was linked to the fact that within the last like the PS4 generation, PS4, Xbox One generation, there was an increase in digital sales. Mm. And because you didn't have the manufacturing costs and you were selling it for the same price, more of that money was going back to the development, back to development costs. So actually, uh, while game prices weren't increasing, through digital sales, more of that money was going back, so it didn't. They didn't need to increase the costs, if that makes sense. Yeah, That's yeah. What they were it suggesting. kind of evened out because they you're were not spending yeah. so much money on making physical copies of things. Yes. Yeah. So the 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 reason it wasn't it was just kind of him costs, and that was uh, that's an interesting idea. It's, it's I, crazy, I, right? Because for me, I understand the inaccessibility of buying something exactly when it comes out at that price. Because mm-hmm. also, this is clearly also talking about exactly when a game comes out and the fact that people can't buy the game when it comes out for that price well you say that H- however okay there's also the fact that you could probably pay let's say 69.99 i can't remember exactly how much it is for an entire year of access to playstation games uh with the new the three-tiered playstation plus thing yeah, the, the and you get ones access. Yeah. yeah, you get access to, like, so much well. without ha- ever having to buy any of it. So it's not like Sony hasn't got different options for different people. Because you know, if you have access costs, you could get a a membership, and obviously that means that you never really physically own the game, but you can play like immediately, like the moment you pay for it. All of those things are, are at your fingertips, which means that if you eventually wanted to get a physical copy you could wait until it comes out in cex and maybe grab yourself a copy for you know when it gets down to 15 or 10 pounds because it's possible because we do it unless it's something we really want to support we also I, I know that i do anyway so i don't really understand well taking said- the money that is supposed to go back to devs for them to continue making games or the cut that PlayStation takes, you know, for putting all of this on and holding the servers together, because they, you know, it's not like they have issues with their servers. We we don't really have issues with them crashing or things like that. It's actually not that much, and then considering how much everything else costs and how much it hasn't gone up, I don't know. It feels like a bit of a. Well, you were saying that um, buying things at launch price. Now, uh, I think third-party games prices change playstation games tend not to change price at all over their lifetime they tend to launch at a price and that's the price of that game unless it goes on sale briefly but it'll go back up to its full price an example of that uh, i bought the vita game uh, resistance um whatever the vita resistance game is called and played a bunch of that and was like, maybe I would go back and do some little bits and pieces and maybe try and get the plat for it. And one of the trophies involved online play. And you didn't even have to complete an online mission. You just had to be involved in one online thing and that would give you the trophy and that would work to 
flat. There was only one online thing. And I went and had a look, and it was still £7.99 to access the online component of that game. Oh, wow. For, I mean, the Vita's not even manufactured anymore. It hasn't been manufactured for nearly 10 years. Like, Sony gave up on it a decade ago, almost. And... Yeah, it would still cost me seven ninety nine to not even finish one multiplayer thing that I don't want to play at all, just to get the plat. And I was like, I'm not paying, I'm not paying some time. But that's also, I think, the point, because unless you have a digital only PlayStation, where your only option is to pay whatever Sony are charging you, you have options, and one of those options is just not to buy the games at those prices. Yeah. So Sony aren't. At the moment, and again, unless you're digital only, in a position where they're going, this is the only way you can access these games, and these are the only prices you can pay for them. Um, yeah, which is what, yeah, like they, they've they've now created like three types of memberships, so that they actually they can give people more, and actually it, it, people don't pay that much more. And I, I've always said this. I mean, we've always said this. We paid what, like fifty or sixty pounds for the PlayStation Plus as it was, mm-hmm. and in one month of free games, we get more than that back. Yeah, I mean, and I talked to you about um, my decision to probably stay with Extra, is that uh, I've already got and have played thirty plus hours of a game that I got from Extra, that was a full price would be a full price game otherwise, and that the difference between my old yearly subscription and uh, going with extra which is the middle tier is less than the cost of that game if i bought it so i feel like yeah if i play one game next year on extra you'll have already have, made your money that, back that, that difference would have would have paid for itself and, yeah. and that's fine i mean I, oh god i guess i played two if you count uh, stray yeah it's, I mean, so, it's so you know, even if you only if you only have a digital only, they they have thought about this. They go, well, we're making a console now. We're giving them an option of buying something that is, does not have the option for a disc. What can we do for those people so that they can play more games without having to pay seventy pounds for each game? You know, his 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 plus, his extra, his all of these things that you know wh- whose cost you can spread out over you know month. You can pay for a yearly thing or you can do it every month which is much more accessible and it's not that expensive when you was let's say the you said the extras are what like a hundred pounds right uh, no uh premium is a hundred pounds i think extra is i want to say 17 i think it's like 80 i mean right? that's ridiculous because even for premium you're talking about like less than 10 pounds a month yeah it's like less eight, than ten pounds a month. Eight pound thirty, I think it worked it as. Yeah, yeah, thirty-three recurring or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so you know, less than ten pounds of mu- a month, and you can play everything. I don't really understand this claim, but I'm assuming there's more info. Um, yeah, I mean, premium would give you access to streaming PS3 games and uh, PS1 games, and yeah, yeah I mean, you'd have a lot. You'd have a lot of content for less than ten pounds a month. I mean, that is like yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and may, considering may... that Sony is, I would say the company that invests like invests and supports their developers the most like they bring out good games the reason why their games don't drop in price so easily is because they really make good games they invest in people that make good games so like you know microsoft i microsoft uh, have 
are in a position where they can turn that around on a dime when they start releasing games. But my God, do they have they just not released any games still? Like through the entire Xbox One era when they were just buying up companies to make games and they still haven't released any. I I just I hope I hope these games come out and they've they're, they're good games. Yeah, which but... is weird because also if the games aren't coming out, why would I buy an Xbox One? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm still still like, waiting. I will wait. You'll start releasing games. The, the price at that point will have dropped a little bit, so I can get it for a little bit cheaper, and I'll have access to the games, which really is like things like Gears and Hellblade that we can't access on PlayStation. But you know, I might as well wait. There will be secondhand copies of this by this point. Yeah. You know, if your if your foot rests. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's really not very business savvy because the. Even along this uh, shortages of PlayStations and M1 chips and all this stuff that was going on, PlayStation did enough to keep... And it was a season where there wasn't really that many good games coming out because we talked about it, but they still did enough to keep us going and staying interested in their games, you know, giving us PS5 upgrades for free of the games that we already have and exploring ray tracing and all of this stuff and then and then the good games started coming out again and now we have more well i speak for myself more games than we have time to play i mean i mean a a lot of the uh, xbox games uh, had the same upgrades and for much less hassle than sony sony's upgrade thing is an absolute real mess of a system um whereas you could take a an xbox one game sticking in your system it'll go perfect here's here's the xbox series version off you go whereas you, you put your game in your ps5 and it's like oh yeah yeah you can you can upgrade this it's a different it is a different game though so you're gonna have to download that but you'll need to keep your disc in and every time you put your disc in we will try and download the ps4 version yeah yeah that is annoying every single time yeah that is very very annoying so you know um and also um microsoft's um the the series x is backwards compatible with a, a huge catalogue of their disc-based stuff from the original Xbox forward. You could probably put your um, disc of the original Halo into a Series X and wow. just and just be playing it. That's really that's good to know yeah. because actually my 360 is a bit broken, isn't it? Yeah. So um, if all of those things are backwards compatible, uh, would the time by the time I get the uh, Xbox uh, one whatever series x sex thing um if those are things are compatible then yeah. you just have the one yeah yeah they are and if you take something like red dead redemption for example because the ps4 wasn't backwards compatible there's nothing you can do about it and they haven't released any other version the xbox 360 version if you put into a xbox one or a series x will give you a 4k version of it with upscaled um, animations and running smoother and stuff. Well then, it's only available on the on the Xbox. So yeah. Anyway, a, a bit of a tangent. Shall we swing back round to yeah PlayStation being soon? So I think the 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 idea of going after the thirty percent commission is also weird, considering other than I think the Epic Store that is standard across the industry. The industry um, from Apple's App Store, Steam. Xbox, PlayStation, thirty percent is obviously uh, Epic are trying to change that to seventeen or whatever it is that they seventeen and a half I think they charge and there was that whole case between when uh, Epic sued Apple 
Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Um, because um, I think it was that way around. But it was because um, Epic didn't want to pay the 30% on in-app purchases because Fortnite was free. So rather than paying them, they just circumvented that and redirected people to pay through their own service so that um, Apple wasn't getting any. So maybe it was Apple that sued them, like, well, you can't do that. That's not part of the terms of service. And then Epic were like, we shall take you to court! And I, th- I don't think they won that because, you know, if you sign a contract to say, yeah, we'll give you 30%, you can't then go around not doing that, I guess. Anyway, so I think that's a, a weird thing. And I sort of feel like also um, we do live in a capitalist society and Sony own that store. And I think, don't they have the right to set their own prices? It's isn't possible. That, isn't yeah. that how capitalism works? That they go, we are selling The Last of Us Part 1 for £70. And you, as Viv, go, oh, really? Internet, internet, internet. Oh, £54. I'll have that one then, please. Thank you. Yep. And that's capitalism. Whereas somebody else might go, £70? Oh, I can't bother to search. Bye. Yep. And that's capitalism. And, you know, that's how everything works. Like, it's like shops on the high street. Um, you go into a bar. A bar will have bought a, a bottle of Jack Daniels for £40. And then they sell shots of it for five or whatever. I don't know how much shots cost. I'm old and don't drink. They don't charge the exact quantity cost for the original bottle, do they? They do their markups because that's how you make money. It's the same with restaurants. They buy a bunch of ingredients, put them all together, sell it for £100. And people, it's your choice whether you go, yes, that is worth that amount of money to me. I will pay that. Or I think that's that's a bit much. I'll go to McDonald's. You know? Yeah. Just. Yep. So, um, if, and I doubt it entirely that if this went anywhere, it is claimed that anyone in the UK who has purchased content on the store since 19th of August 2016 would be entitled to claim and is potentially entitled to compensation. Wow. It's said to be like 9 million people that have done, done such a thing of their own volition in the last six years. Uh, And this would put the estimated damages per claimant at anywhere between £67 and £562. I feel like, considering my purchase history, I'd be in the upper end of that. Yeah, you would. (laughs) Yeah, you'd very much probably be one of the ones that go over that. Yeah. And I just... It's just... it, It feels... It feels a bit weird. Like, I don't disagree that games, digital games are too expensive. Like, I definitely agree that. Um, But also, I don't know business well enough to know, is that just me going, oh, I don't want to spend that much? Or is actually what they're pricing, is that reasonable? Or is it actually too little for, for how much these games cost to produce? Considering you have also free updates and all things like that, um... Yeah, um, also, it's expensive, I guess. Can it, but it's, I, think, I think it's expensive because we don't earn enough, not because that's expensive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because, how, you know, the, the rate of inflation and all of that for people getting paid is not how, you know, it, it doesn't match what how quickly prices go up. But also, um, 
even though a game is £70, like you said, it does not mean you have to pay £70. I think people just need to take a little bit more time and, you know, like you said, look around the internet and find the, you know, provider that has the cheapest version. And now there's also options, you know, things like Zip and Klarna and all that stuff where you don't have to pay it all at once. Um, or you wait a little bit or, you know, and get it at CEX or you get a membership and you get that another way. So I don't, you know, there's a lot of other options that aren't owning the game on release for that amount of price. Yeah. So um, anyway, give me more. I don't think this is going to go anywhere personally, but what do I know about I more? guess. Yeah, and, and business. Guess we can can let our listeners know if that does go anywhere uh, at a later date. Here's a story that might have gone under some people's radars. Uh, Viv, would you like to read a statement that was recently issued by the developers of a game called A Space for the Unbound? Indeed, oh. All right. So here is what the statement says. Dear Space Divers, we are sad to announce that we will be delaying the release of A Space for the Unbound until further notice. Earlier this year, we discovered that P-Cube Games, a UK-based publisher that we signed for the console publishing of A Space for the Unbound for Western regions, had done certain things which have left us feeling manipulated and exploited, and so we have had to terminate our agreement with them. At the height of COVID-19 pandemic in August 2020, P-Cube Games used our position and heritage as developers from Indonesia to obtain a diversity fund from a well-known console platform. The diversity fund was a grant fund intended to help underrepresented game developers, especially during the pandemic. However, instead of giving those funds to the developers as the grant was intended, P-Cube Games intentionally withheld information about the grant and used it as leverage for their own commercial gain. Rather than paying the grant money to us, P-Cube Games hid the facts about the grant's award and added it as a recoupable minimum guarantee and then used it to negotiate the increase of their revenue share. We have only uncovered the true amount of these funds and their intended purposes in March 2022. We are absolutely heartbroken that a party we worked with would do this and the project we have worked on for seven years has been taken advantage of in such a way. Since the uncovering of this issue, we clearly cannot trust P-Cube Games, nor continue to work together for the release of a space for the Unbound, as P-Cube Games have fallen considerably short, not only of reasonable decency, but also of their obligations to us due to these predatory practices. We have to make a stand against exploitative publishers and speak up about this to stop things like this from happening again in the future. Thus, we are also announcing that we have terminated our contract with P-Cube Games. As of this moment, P-Cube Games is still refusing to hand over publishing control on console platforms back to us. It is with a heavy heart that we must hold back the release of A Space for the Unbound so that we can make new arrangements and ensure that it is published as intended and in a way that is consistent with our and our community's values. Signed, Togi Productions and Majikan Studio. Apologies if I have mispronounced that. Um, I think they were the guys that made the game Coffee Talk, which oh, we've yeah. spoken, spoken about before. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow, those allegations. Mm. Wow, wow, mm. wow, 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 wow. 
Um, hello, sorry for the intrusion. This is editing Andrew speaking here. I have called Viv back into the room. Say hello, Viv. Hello. Because whilst we were uh, editing, or uh, while I was editing this episode, more stuff has happened and I thought rather than addressing it later, I would drag Viv back and we just do this little insert into, into the episode clumsily. Viv, I'm going to read a statement. Are you ready? Thank you. Yes, I am ready. Dear gamers, it has been tough for us for the past three years. We have struggled to recover since we signed a publishing deal with P-Cube, but now it's time we came out with the truth. Hopefully this will help other indie game developers to avoid what has happened to us and inform our fans about our situation. P-Cube has published Aetano Blade 2 on Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One in Europe since October 2019 under a publishing agreement with us and agreed to pay a minimum guarantee to us. However, P-Cube only paid a small amount of the minimum guarantee of the signing milestone by the time we sent them the game and they never paid the remaining milestones. We've been trying to resolve this issue with P-Cube but we were unable to reach a solution leading us to terminate the publishing agreement around September 2020. However, P-Cube has refused to return the publishing control on the console platforms back to us and continues to sell and take all revenues from Aetanoblade 2. P-Cube offered to hand over publishing control to us only if we agreed to keep this matter secret, but we no longer wanted to be involved in any more dealings with P-Cube. We know something was not right, but as a small independent developer, we could not afford to pay legal fees to fight the case in another country. We have contacted each platform to ask for the return of our publishing control. So far, only Nintendo and Sony have taken our game off their European stores, and we still have not received any revenue from the sale in Europe. Because of this incident, we had to do various additional works to recover from our financial situation. We promise that we will soon be back to patch the problems and continue to release new content for Eterno Blade 2. We're always thankful to everyone who's been supporting us. We want everyone to have fun with our game, satisfied with our product. We hope our fans understand our situation and hope you will continue to support us. Thank you for your understanding and the Core Cell team. So yeah, it's it's that, that thing where one one person bravely steps up and says this is my this is my truth and this is what's going on and then other people that have had the same situation follow suit and go yep i've i've been in the same situation so here we are um in the midst of reporting the previous p cube story and suddenly another one pops up um, I suspect by the time this is yeah. this is actually out, there'll, <laughs> there'll be that, another one. Yeah, that, yeah, there'll be, there'll be more. Because there's two things, right? It's like, uh, I mean, one, how important is it that people speak up? Yeah. Um, no matter how s small you think you are, no one is too big that they can't be spoken against. And like, obviously, it clearly empowered others to just be like, oh, actually, this has been happening for us too. And number two, I don't really understand how they can do that i don't particularly work in the gaming industry but i do work in a industry where i have to make contractual agreements and if i don't make good on those contractual agreements there's consequences to that that don't always require legal proceedings because you are legally binding to those things 
and if you're in breach of that contract then you are then you know surely then owing more money because you're doing, you're going to have to pay for all everything that ensues from this breach of agreement so i don't really understand how they can do that i'm sure that they are think themselves as mighty and powerful enough that they can bully other people and maybe they've done that well it sounds like they've done that in the past so i don't really understand how it's possible that they can do that and and yeah how can you just not hand over the money for someone else's game like you are just publishing it like this does not belong to you this is not your game someone has trusted you with their piece of art to publish and you have gone Oh, thanks for that. I'll just I'll just be taking all the profits for that. I don't understand. Well, uh, I mean, I mean that is sort of how publishers have historically worked. Um, they this is slightly off topic, but um, Charles Cecil always talks about when uh, doing the original Broken Swords, uh, when they had a publishing deal with Virgin Interactive at the time, that basically Virgin Interactive took all the money that that was. But I don't understand. So how are these companies meant to make money? Because well, it should again, be a shared a, yeah, revenue, right? Thing. Because you're, you know, you you've made the game, and this person has got the publishing power. So I understand in terms of like uh, dissemination of the game that there is a, you know, the a shared kind of like take. Like they they would take a portion of the revenue, um, but some of that sh- absolutely should be going back to the people who made the game. So there's there's a thing I remember reading um, that's kind of true, and it was talking about how. Annapurna Games publishes lots of incredible games, but you never see the devs who've made any of those games ever make another game, and that should tell you a lot. Oh wow! Yeah, look, look in, look into it. You will, yeah, you will see a bunch of games. That you're like, I fucking love these games, and then you realise that the yeah, that, that is ridiculous them. and sad. Yeah. I don't understand. It's not sustainable. People change it. No, I mean that's why. Um, again, going back to. Um, revolution with Broken Sword when uh, the App Store came along and Revolution were able to republish Broken Sword through the App Store and uh, Apple took their 30% but then the, the rest of the 70% went back to uh, Revolution. It sort of saved the company because suddenly they were self-publishing through a platform um, and they were able to keep more of the more of the money but that's not possible with everything um very rarely possible and it's quite a quite an expensive uh thing to to do that um and you publishers obviously do all the marketing and all of that kind of governs as well uh, so there is a lot involved with um publishers but yeah it does seem to be swinging back round to the 90s way of Publishers sort of having a stranglehold over devs and and uh, and killing them in some ways, in a lot of ways. This is ridiculous because I mean I know you're doing all the marketing, but if these people don't make the game, you have nothing to market. So you shit out. Yeah, anyway. well, again, big business. You know, they'll they'll think of like, okay, we make all our money on this game. We don't care what happens after that. We've made our money on the game. <sighs> it's just not. Yeah, it's not a, a sustainable thing, and it's not a supportive. Thing, and it's not a way of growing an industry, but eh, that's publishers. Capitalism. Yeah. Anyway, we uh, just wanted to uh, bring that up as it had happened whilst we were in the midst of getting this episode ready, uh, and we wanted to to, uh, to address it and add it in. So, um, yes, this is a bit awkward. 
But now we're just going to go back to us when we were talking about it before. So take it away, us. Yeah, uh, PCube have published some stuff that we that we like. Uh, they did um, uh, Nipple Marathon, uh, and they've done the um, Cat Quest. They've published the Cat Quest games. Oh. Yeah, very, very sad to to hear. Yet somehow also not surprising to hear. Yep. Yeah, we we will not be hanging around them at EGX this year. Um, no. Yeah, be sad, very sadly, because we do love their games, but that is, um, I mean, especially after everything we all went through during the pandemic, um, it's not surprising, but also um, you are human beings running this company. Um, f yeah, I don't really understand, like, people have learned nothing. No. Of what other people have to go through to get games like this out, uh, just because they want to bit make some extra money that they don't need. Yeah, my heart really went out for the devs of the game. It sounds, yeah, sounds awful. Yeah, and unpleasant and just stressful. And the fact that they've not got the rights back to their game sounds sounds awful as well. Um, I hope. I hope they can find uh, a distributor who will take them on, help solve that whole situation, get them their game back, and and, and get. I hope it they out. get compensation. I hope they get the grant they were supposed to get and some money, and you know, go on and do amazing things. It's a it's a yeah. real shame that it's a real shame that there is no legal protection for this stuff. That they are now going to probably have to spend money on a lawyer and a lawsuit, rather than you know, much like we were talking about earlier about you know epic games not being able to just go sell stuff on their own store because they had an agreement like if there was an agreement with a company and the company that has received the grant does not fall under the category of like not white <laughs> um that there is no legal protection for that yeah uh, immediate immediately like you have to go fight for it rather than going you're white you've just received a grant for something for non-white developers and you've not given it away that's against the law i can't believe that's not a thing yeah, you make an interesting point though that they uh, the devs don't mention which console platform it was that gave the grant, but I wonder how that company, seeing publishers that they've worked with, would take money and not pass. And I wonder how that relationship is affected because that may affect that that uh, P Cube's ability to. Received grant. Yeah, you're going right, to continue. This yeah. is what continues makes companies continue their narrative of being continuously white because you want the money or you want to tick a box. Therefore, you don't actually do things with a culture's or community's best interest in mind that eventually fails because, of course, it is because those people feel, you know, misrepresented, you know, uh, they feel used, they feel exploited, they don't want to work with you, and therefore you remain white and you, you get everything you want and you just work with the same people over and over again. Um, this is just how narratives carry on, really, and it's also what makes it really difficult because this happens in a lot of industries, you know, when you someone creates a grant with the best intentions in mind, I assume, I don't actually know where it came from, and someone does something like this, and what happens is, they now have to review how their grant is given and they're going to require more things. They're going to require proof and all of these things to know that these 
grants are going in the right place, which means that it becomes overwhelming for a smaller publisher to apply for those grants. Yeah. It's it's really like it really does become a, quite a beast because of uh people's shitty greediness. You didn't need that extra money. You're trying to leverage money that is not yours that you have not made for more profit rather than yeah, really can't understand that sort of thing. Oh. Uh really not that I don't understand. I understand that people are shitty. Just can't imagine someone having the you know evilness inside them because that's what it is evil to do that yeah because uh, you know i would never i would feel so wrong applying for a fund if i knew that i didn't have the right person to give it to do you know what i mean yeah just so you could have just so i could just have money yeah yeah um no no we will be i mean i'm i'm sure i can speak for both of us and that we will not be going to their stand or supporting them in any way um much like we do with ubisoft because those things are not they're not on yeah shame on you pcube we're gonna have so many people to boo at egx aren't we yeah yeah which it's gonna be just one massive uh yeah (laughs) just one massive protest yeah should just purposely stand near them but not go near their stuff form some sort of like wall (laughs) let's go and do something fun instead yeah all that uh, do you want some more PlayStation news, Viv? Uh, I'm ready. As of the 25th of August, the cost of the PlayStation 5 has risen. Oh, okay. Uh, across across the world, except the US. Uh, but uh, the US uh, pay taxes differently to us, whereas our tax is included in the price. Uh, you pay tax um, at... Uh, point of sale in the US so uh, tax would go up on that so the price of the console won't change but the cost the of the tax, tax will. Won't, it will increase um, so in the UK because uh, that's money that we understand uh, the price has gone up to £389.99 for the digital only version and £479.99 for the disc version and that's mm. a £30 increase uh, the swift rise in inflation has been given... Is being given as the reason. At the time of recording, uh, both uh, Xbox and Switch have both very quickly come forward and gone, nope, we're not raising our prices. Nope, 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 nope. So uh, I wonder... I mean, it's possible that Xbox and Microsoft can absorb that cost, but I don't know if they'll be able to do that for a year. That seems... It yeah. seems like, I mean, maybe they're just not selling in volume enough that it's the same sort of risk as the PlayStation. I don't know. It may be the same with Nintendo. Maybe the markup on the Nintendo is big enough that they can absorb that cost as well. But I think I think PlayStation are probably preempting uh, this cost of living crisis going on for the for at least until October of next year. Well, um, it, it will be because the yeah. so the projected rises so that's gone up now. Bills are going to go up again in October, and I think uh, I mean that this is not for sure, but they will probably come down in April. But the percentage that it will come down uh, will not equal the amount it's gone up. Yeah. So it will come down, but it, it you know that what remains is still going to be a high price. Yeah. So, so I, they're probably I, just preempting that. 
I, I, I mean, obviously, it, it, it's it's bad in any. It, well, it's not bad, but it's it's unfortunate and as a time of that we're in that this has had to happen. But I, I think by the time it gets to let's say Christmas, people will it'll be four hundred and seventy nine ninety nine for thing. If it gets to Christmas and Xbox suddenly go, hey, thirty quid more for your thing at Christmas, people will be like, oh, suddenly now. Because it's Christmas, no one's going to buy one now. It's more expensive. I think that'll be a bad reflection if that's what Absolutely. they choose to do. Yeah, especially because um, they will, uh, you know, PlayStation will go up, but it's likely that you know, if, again, if people, if you know, if people want to be smart about it and you want to buy one, uh, I'm sure there'll be a shortage of them, but I'm sure there'll also be an influx of them coming in around Black Friday. Yeah, you got to be smart with your money. So uh, if people are going to buy one, they've got a bit more chance to save because they know the thing. So yeah, if if Xbox do do it later in the year close to christmas i think that'll be uh, that will look bad on them and i don't know however i just want to say as well considering mm-hmm. how much everything's going up mm-hmm. 30 pounds increase it is a lot but not really you know what i mean it's not like they've gone from you know like 350 pounds and all of a sudden it's like it's like 400 or 450 it's like it's, it's 30 pounds you know so it's actually i would say for an electronic of that caliber not that much I do wonder other things though. I mean, in my memory, I've never known console hardware, original hardware, to go up in price before. Uh, they tend to come down in price as revisions are made and boards are made smaller and cheaper and and so forth. If you exclude something like the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, and just go back to older generations, if you think about the original. PS3 that you have, you know, that was very expensive when it came out. They took out the PS2 hardware and stuff that's inside that to make it cheaper. They started making the the boards cheaper and smaller, and that just got smaller and smaller and smaller. And you see the PS3 Slims are very small, same hardware, same power. I mean, that maybe there's some like bits and pieces and they're a bit more economical uh, in the way they work, but it's, you know, it's not a complete new device like the PS4 Pro would be. Um, and they're cheaper, and they just get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So it's the first time I've known Sony to go up. I, th- my other thought is, if Sony and Microsoft are going to repeat with this generation what they did with the last one, and have mid-generation revisions, so we'll get like a PS5 Pro equivalent, I wonder if the original PS5 will get its reduction in size and everything, and be cheaper. But then, if they do a PS5 Pro, if it will stick at this current price, this already large price, in as much as that, I, I wonder if the PS5 will never go down in price, other than right, yeah, them releasing a PS5 Slim, quote unquote, yeah, and like I a do Pro feel, that will be this price. Yeah, I do feel like the that though, um, you have to also account for the very different and like not ever before. Uh, circumstances of mm. the pandemic like it's they, they haven't and had sales like they would have like yeah. that influx of money right from the get-go that then means they have that influx of money that they can invest in making it smaller or cheaper or whatever you know and they are again like we said earlier they're doing other things to make sure that people can still access the games themselves but um you know there was a real big shortage like they have not had the sales as they, they usually would have because you know shortage of 
PS5s and one chips, you know, boats being stuck in the middle of the ocean, all that, all this, <laughs> like, you know, it's real, like, you cannot, you cannot guess that these things are going to happen. So I'm going to assume that this is also just a bit of a trying to keep themselves sustainable. Um, and, you know, now we've got the, we've got the um, war between yeah, um, it's a real, uh, Ukraine yeah. and Russia and, yeah. um, so it's so, real, yeah, real, there's really a lot. Oh, whole bunch of unprecedented things all happening yeah it's re- and it's really quite quite a lot considering how charged the world is and has been for the past three years 30 pounds you know amidst a pandemic and a war and oil shortages and m1 shortages probably not the worst thing yeah if people have the disposable income to buy a games console it's not going to uh, affect uh, them if people are unfortunately in a position where that disposable income has decreased. Yeah, because um, bills. Yeah. Yeah, um, then you probably wouldn't have bought it at anyway, the thirty pound cheap, yeah. cheaper price. So yeah, yeah, which is sad because yeah. we are both fans of all the people playing more games. Um, so let's hope that there is a way to for people to do that in an yeah. affordable way. Because I'd hate to think of a young person, especially wanting one of these for their birthday or christmas and just the parents not being able to afford it because you know everything's so expensive um so let's hope let's hope something is done about that soon right would you like some more big business news viv all right then if we must do you remember a little while ago that we talked about the embracer group buying a bunch of the western square enix studios yeah embrace i've been buying things again viv okay they have recently bought Middle Earth Enterprises. Right. Uh, so they now own the rights to motion pictures, video games, board games, merchandising, theme parks, and stage productions relating to Tolkien's work. Oh, wow. Okay. This will likely not affect any existing things that are happening, so like the Gollum game or Amazon's Lord of the Rings show, but they, yeah, Embrace are now own, own the rights. Okay. So, along with that, they have also bought the Japanese company Tatsujin. They bought Limited Run Games. So Limited Run is who I've bought um, Dead Tentacle from. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, And Blade Runner. Right, yeah. Anyway, so they've bought them. They've bought Tuxedo Labs, who made the game Teardown, uh, which is a PC game, if you've never heard of it. It's basically a building destruction simulator. They also bought the company Singtrix. It looks from what I can see to be some sort of karaoke company. Right. And the company Tripwire Interactive who made your favourite game in the world, Maneater. Oh, um, Maneater. The, the shark game. Oh my gosh, Maneater. Tripwire Interactive did have some controversy last year when one of the founders spoke in favour of the Texas Heartbeat Act uh, uh, which uh. is banning abortions after six weeks except to save the mother's life. He stepped down and the co-founder took his duties and I'm sure they had to do a fucking bunch of PR to put out that fire. Yeah. But I also wonder if maybe that wasn't enough for such a small company. Right, so they, now they need, yeah. That right. they, were, they were looking to be to be bought. It would be one or the other, I, I imagine, because they are, they are quite small and they haven't really done a lot and that was quite a contentious issue. Okay, so, so yes. Yes. Buying, so. that's a lot. That's, yeah, it's that's, another. That's, that's another lot. Bloody hell! Like people just trying to like own the world. I don't really understand. Yeah. Like invest, invest in your games, and you'll take over the world with your games. You don't need to own all the gaming companies. Yeah, I mean, unless like, your intention is to support them to do better things, which hopefully is what they're doing. 
Yeah, we just hope it's, yeah, you know, like things like the last company where if they have changed how they behave and the person who um, kind of spoke, you know, the person who spoke in favour of the Texas Heartbeat Act um, is no longer there then and they need some support, then, you know, then that's a good thing. But I hope that's what it is. <laughs> yes. I mean, unless unless in the next five years we're all playing on the Embracer box cube station where it's, where it's only Embracer group games can can play on that system um yeah hopefully they're just investing in in these companies and helping them be the best that they can DDO. well then yeah. people spending money yeah. and buying things uh capitalism yeah Next. there are <laughs> there was one company that they haven't announced they also bought but they haven't said which one at time of recording ah okay yeah interesting, interesting. something yes. for the discord yes but you want to hear more business things if I must. In a recent interview, Xbox boss man Phil Spencer said that he thinks we'll be seeing less and less console exclusives and that that would be good for the industry. He's quoted as saying, maybe in the short run, there's some people in some companies that don't love it. But I think as we get over the hump and see where this industry can continue to grow, it will prove out to be true. Not putting his games where his mouth is, with Xbox buying Bethesda and making Redfall and Starfield and so many others next year, both Xbox exclusives. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I don't understand things like this. Is um, like What you're saying and what you're doing, they're not the same thing. Yeah. Why say anything at all? Like, why say words? Like, pe- people just like... I feel like sometimes... People say things that are controversial, regardless of whether they will be happening or not, regardless or not of whether they're true or not, um, just so they can stay in the spotlight. Because, you know, someone saying something like this will create a lot of hubbub. And even if it doesn't happen, you know, Xbox is on the forefront of people's minds for the time when they actually start releasing games, because stories are all they have right now. So they're not making anything. So That's true. It's just one of those things of like, oh, it's, are you just saying some shit to stay in the limelight? Or, yeah, shut up. Phil. Yeah, it's just... Let's go back to your office, Phil. It is... Do your fucking is, job, Phil. Stop buying shit and make games. I think this also comes down to what we were talking about way back when we were talking about uh, Ubisoft. And saying things is one thing, but it's actually what you do that is more important. So if Xbox start just going... All right, here are all our Xbox Game Studio games. Fuck it, they're on Switch, they're on um, PlayStation. You can play Halo on PlayStation and blah, blah, blah. And he wants to change the industry and he's the one that jumps forward and does it. The fair play, the man did something and that's his intent. But just saying it is is just words. It's just... just Yeah, put your money and your games where your mouth is. Yeah. Uh, you want to change something, you have to lead by example. You can't say something and expect other people to put it in action. Yeah, and uh, you know, this is this first part of his quote was like, maybe in the short term, there's some people in some companies that don't love it. What, like you in your company? Well, exactly. Anyway, shall we? This was a story submitted by the Vagabond Wind on our Discord. And the headline for this article reads, Chinese gamers are using a Steam wallpaper app to get porn past the censors. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So the, the gist of this 
uh, and I try to understand it, but um, I don't know the app in question or how it works or what it does. And I thought briefly about installing it, and then I couldn't be bothered because I don't want to. So I didn't. But the gist is that the app on Steam is called Wallpaper Engine. And it's being used by people in China to get around the country's strict adult content bans. Steam is weirdly unrestricted in China, and the app lets you download interactive or animated wallpapers for your desktop. As the tool allows user-generated inputs, you can upload anything you like for other people to access and download for their own wallpapers. There is uh, hentai and pornography in both photos and videos. And there's even been reports of entire Hollywood movies uh, being, <laughs> okay. being accessible on there. Okay. Um, I'd never heard of Wallpaper Engine before Lou had shared this with us. But apparently it's like a really big open secret in China. But it is becoming more and more talked about in the media. And there is actually some concern now that someone in position of power, either at Steam, unlikely, or the Chinese government, will step in and stop it. I mean, I, I maybe have objections to entire Hollywood movies because of pirating and stuff. Yeah, of course, yeah. But I don't have any objections to this being a way that people can uh, satisfy desires if, if this is how you, yeah. you, you can get around it. And as long as you're not hurting anyone, it's not illegal. Censorship not, has never not done illegal it. content. Yeah. It's not children or yeah. animals or whatever. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, and censorship has never done a community any good because the more you censor something, the more people will look for it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it 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 or you know, censor censoring something this big only makes essentially creates because it makes it illegal and then it creates more crime because more people will be looking to do the thing that they're allowed to do. So um, and it's not like it's a you're killing someone or thieving. It's porn. I mean, it's very big. And regardless of whether people should be looking at it or not, or anyone's opinions aside. Uh, to the pros and cons of it, censorship will only make it so that people will do it. And now it's uh, it's wallpaper engine. When that get eventually gets blocked or it stops working or whatever it is, some you know we'll find something else. Yeah. There's always something else because there's always someone that is smarter that can create something different and bypass the system because nothing's yeah. nothing's perfect. So, um, yeah, which you know, obviously the culturally there's you know, there's different um, values placed on these kinds of content bands but um which i don't necessarily understand because i'm not from that culture but i do understand what censorship does um so we'll see where this pans out and where the next story of that comes from because it would just be something else really the absolute ingenious of people who want to have a wank absolutely and finally viv i'm gonna have a mouthful of tea me too. I thought, Viv, in my brain, which is where I do all of my thinking, wow. that it would be fun to talk about some of the video game movies that are being planned. Mm, yes, please. Uh, though there is obviously no guarantee that we will see any or all of these projects because Hollywood is a brutal mistress. Uh, these are not all of the movies and TV shows that are uh, in development uh, because some of them I just don't want to talk about or even watch. So shut up. <laughs> Are you going to list them? Yes. Uh, feel free to stop me if you have thoughts about any of them. Okay. Um, so the first four that I'm going to mention are pretty much definites. Uh, two of them have already been filmed. One's in production. 
uh, and the other two are going to start filming in the new year, I believe. So we've got Sonic the Hedgehog 3. I still haven't seen Sonic 2, but I did really enjoy the first one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen either, actually. Mortal Kombat 2. Oh, the 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 film where the, the Mortal Kombat film where no Mortal Kombat happened. Yes, and yes. Some, somebody um, made the movie for us when Cassie didn't get to be in Mortal Kombat and somebody just at the back of the room went... Wah, wah. Yep, that, there, yeah, that so. one. All right. Look forward uh, to more of that. Yep. Yep. Mario with oh, okay. uh, Chris Pratt as Mario, obviously. Naturally. And Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Borderlands, which was supposed to be out this year, but I don't think that's going to happen. So maybe we'll get a trailer by the end of the year. And then on to some more speculative things. Duke Nukem. Okay. Firewatch. Oh, like the, the, the one game you played on stream that one time. Okay. Yeah. Gears of War. Ooh. It Takes Two. Ooh, oh my god, okay. Metal Gear Solid. Never played that. I do own a copy of the fifth one. Minecraft. I'm sure that would be very... Po- I mean, that one will happen. <laughs> yeah. It's I'd... very popular. Yeah, people I wonder... People if... will watch it even if it's shit. I wonder if it will basically be like the Lego movie, though. Yeah, probably. Pac-Man. Mm, okay, yeah. Portal. Ooh, okay. I'm saying ooh, I've not played the games yet, but... And Yakuza. Although there is a Japanese Yakuza movie already. Uh, but I think there'll be a Western-produced one. Uh, okay. I don't know if I don't know if that'll be the original Kiryu storyline or if they're going to do an adaptation of Ichiban's story from Like a Dragon. Who knows? Here are some PlayStation-related projects. Some of these are... No, one of these is already um, actually going to be done, and the others uh, are in various stages of maybe. Uh, yeah. We've got The Last of Us, which is a TV show on HBO. Boop, boop. Days Gone. Okay, yeah. Mo- motorbike zombie thing. Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh, okay. Uh, which there was talk about recently where the director of it, the American director of it, wants uh, an entire Japanese-speaking cast Good. Uh, speaking Japanese and have it subtitled. Good, good. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Good? Oh, thank God. We have like white people playing things that are not. Over the... Anyway, yes, yes, uh, yes. Please, thank you. Yes. Jack and Daxter. Okay. Yep. Gravity Rush. Mm-hmm. Which I also played on stream. You did. You did. God of War. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Which is a TV show for Amazon. I think that'd be great. I hope there's lots of smashing things. And maybe uh, the maybe the Rock can play play in that yeah that would be great be, be atreus and horizon there's gonna be a horizon oh, okay. show for netflix oh that, that'll be really cool i mean they're gonna netflix it but um yeah. but that could be cool oh i know what i've just missed off of this when yeah i think it's another netflix thing i think it's a movie but they're doing a bioshock movie for netflix oh and is that uh on a maybe or is that actually being made do you know uh, uh, I think it's as close as it's ever been to being made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it Bioshock that has been close to being made many times? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's hope it happens this time. And but hope also, they make it good. But also, if it doesn't, I've you know I've I've seen the movie and it was more interesting when it was twelve hours long. Yeah. Fair. Very so, very fair. Well then. Yeah. Well, let's hope some of these happen because they do sound really exciting i mean i'm sure they'll ruin them in some way but you know but good good on the good on them that like gaming is so big now 
and storytelling in games is so well done now that it's inspiring people to make other things like movies and TV shows, which I think is really cool um, that people are so inspired by these these kinds of things. Um, I just wish they would make them good <laughs> yeah, and pay attention to what the essence, you know, I don't expect you to make the game into a film, but I do expect you to understand the essence of what the game is trying to do. Um, yes, and and who those characters are that people yeah, already like. That love so much and, you know, just don't ruin it. Don't do it. That is all the news that we currently... Yeah, there's a bit more news. ...have to share with with you. Yes, let us know if you have any thoughts on it and if there's anything else that comes out for you that you think is interesting, uh, do pop it in our Discord, which will be linked in the description. Andrew, mm-hmm. we have some news. Yes. This is sort of a future memory stick, if you will. The next episode of the Squishcast releases on September the 23rd, which will be the second day of EGX 2022. We will be there and we will be releasing some special mini episodes after each day that we're there, talking about what we saw and some of the games that we've played as well. So please listen out for those in the next couple of weeks. We're very, very excited, aren't we? Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready what? for Game Watch. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, A, shut up. Return to Monkey Island is out on September the 19th. Yeah, it is. Which is 10 days away. I guess if, if we are not allowed to talk about Return to Monkey Island coming out on September the 19th for PC and Switch, we could also talk about that a new Tales from the Borderlands has been announced yeah, it is. Uh, for everything, I think. And that's coming out on the 21st of October, which is like a month after Return to Monkey Island comes out on September the 19th. <laughs> Everything's a point of reference from Return to Monkey Island now. Yes. But I did also want to draw your attention uh, right now to you watching the trailer for Minico's Night Market. Oh, my God. It's not on PlayStation, though. Bollocks. Nope, that is uh, currently PC, Mac, and Switch oh, only. That looks so cute. Minica's Night Market. Yeah, doesn't it? There are kitties. You save them. They follow you around. It also it's, it gives me uh, Nights and Bikes vibe. Yep, I had that as well. Yeah. Um, like gameplay wise it looks it looks a lot like that a lot like that yeah. which we really enjoyed oh my gosh am i gonna yeah. have to play something on mac now so i can play that yes maybe it's a possibility or, or we'll both have to buy a switch yes or that yes we could buy the game on a on a kind of device we already own or we can spend a couple hundred pounds instead yes <laughs> perfect yep yes. looking forward to that thank you yeah i hope that will come to more yeah. Yeah, there's no date for that, is there? It's just, but no. you can wish list it if you are on PC, yeah. Mac, or Switch. You can wish list that right now. Right but now, go fingers it. crossed, it will come to other platforms at some point. Indeed, yeah. I mean, they're, they're probably quite a small um, company, so they probably have to focus on one market at the moment, and then maybe they can expand if it does well. I, I believe the the company is Meowza Games. Mm. Great name. I like yeah. it already. Go check them out, everyone. 
Yeah, Minico's Night Market looks adorable. If you have a Switch, you're lucky. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it very much. If you would like, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter on at Game with Squishy. And if you'd like to support us, you can make a donation for as little as the price of a cup of coffee on our Ko-fi page. That's ko-fi.com slash the squishy stream. Please join us on our Discord to chat about the show and for some supplemental information from each episode. We'll add links to these news stories soon. If you'd like to check them out, come and join us. And if you'd like to ask us a question for the surprise question, you can do so on our Discord or using the hashtag AskASquishy on Twitter. And just just to answer Pippa's um, question on the Discord publicly, it would be all of them, Pippa, and all of yours. God, I hope that's related to Toes again. Seen any weird gaming news? Put a link in the Discord. We'd love to see it. We can talk about it in a future episode. Thank you again for listening, everyone. Bye, Squishy! Goodbye! Squishy did.